What's up, everybody? Thank you all for coming out to another podcast. We are at episode 10. Yes. Diaz, getting it popping. I was trying to think of another, <gasps> another, word, exciting, another word. exciting word for 10, but I don't know any. I only know 10 and Diaz. So this is episode 10, macros 101, carbs, first fat versus protein, fight to the death. Cage match. Let's go. The three major macronutrients duking it out here. Dun dun dun. You know the, the we are saying carbs versus fats versus protein. However, they are not really in competition, as you will see here. Your body needs all of these things, and so we're gonna go over today um, why your body needs each of these, what some good sources of these macronutrients are, and then we're gonna answer some questions we got on Instagram at the end here. Yep. So as far as you know, before we get started with everything, like I just want to preface and let everybody know that, especially when it comes to weight loss, if that's why you're listening to the podcast and all of that, like everything is calorie deficit, right? Like at the end of the day, that is all it's about. It's about calorie deficit. That's how you're going to lose weight. So it doesn't really matter how much of all of these different things that you're consuming. We're about to hit you with a lot of science, but just remember that it is about knowing how many calories you burn in a day and just making sure that you're consuming less than you are burning. And that is if your goal is weight loss, yes. right? You might not have a weight loss goal and that's great. I myself don't have a weight loss goal. I like to maintain. Um, some people like to calorie track. I personally do like doing so. I feel that you know, I don't like to eat a ton of meat. So tracking what I eat can help me make sure I get enough protein in. Um, I have a tendency to get too much fat in my diet, um, which messes up my digestion. So I want to make sure I'm not getting too much of that. So for some people like myself, it can be, it's, it's data, right? It's just information that you can use to your benefit. Now for other people, calorie tracking or, you know, this kind of stuff can lead I, into I negative territory. I don't track at all. I do not track at all. Other people, you know, maybe can't track because of disordered eating or it kind of sends them down a different path. So this is really just giving you information that if it's helpful to you, then take it. If it is not helpful to you, then don't take it, right? And it's really just so that you know that any diet that comes out, any fad diet or anything like that, that says you can't eat this or you can't eat that or don't eat this or don't eat that or any of that kind of stuff. Ew. Really, all it comes down to is calorie deficit, right? Everyone else, everything else is just hype. And it's yeah. just there to like, you know, get your mind fixated on one thing that you can or cannot eat. But it's not it's not necessarily going to like th these diets aren't different. No. Right. It's just about calories in and calories out. And as long as you're in negative cal uh, in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. It doesn't matter if those calories are coming from carbs, if those calories are coming from fat, if those calories are coming from protein. As long as you are in calorie deficit, you will be losing weight. Yes. If you know us and if you know our brand and what we're all about, we are all about non-restrictive, sustainable fitness and wellness, right? So this podcast is not going to be one that advocates for any kind of diet. People, you know, might be like, I lost weight because I cut out carbs and was doing keto. And they, they may have lost weight, but it's not because they cut out carbs. As Brandon said, it's because they cut out carbs and that happened to bring them into calorie deficit. But you can be in calorie deficit without cutting out carbs and still enjoying your favorite foods, right? So this is just to say, you know, point blank period, we are of the opinion that your body needs all three macronutrients, carbs, fats, and proteins, and that there is no secret sauce, magic pill 
to weight loss other than that, right? A calorie is simply a unit of energy in the same way that a mile is always a mile, no matter if you run the mile or walk the mile or drive the mile, a calorie is the exact same way. It's simply a unit of energy, okay? So again, we don't advocate for any kind of restriction from any of these major macronutrients that your body needs. So we're gonna kind of get into it here. Um, First up, I mean, the most demonized macronutrient out there on the market, carbs, carbohydrates. Yeah, so carbs are misunderstood. You know, like they're the kid in the in the class that is always getting picked on um that the teacher is always calling on and calling the parents and telling them that they're (laughs) being disruptive in class and all of that stuff like carbs really really are not this negative demonic thing that people would have you believe you know i think it all started with atkins when some asshole decided that we couldn't have donuts and pizza and burgers anymore right just for no just just he's just like nope you're done with that you can't you can't have it it's over for you. Right. And everybody was like, okay, sure, that makes sense. Carbs are bad. And ever since then, you know, there's all these different versions and kinds of low-carb diets that come up, but essentially they're the same thing. Keto is essentially the same thing as Atkins was back in the, you know, what was that, 2000s, maybe, yeah. 90s? I don't know. My parents did it. People, A lot of people did it, right? Nothing new under the sun. Keto is basically the exact same thing as that. So carbs are not, they're not bad for you. No. Right? We want to just get that out the way. Carbs are not bad for you. Your body needs carbs. Your brain needs carbs. Yes. Like it's, it's, it's a primary source of fuel. It is one of those, uh, 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 pieces of food there that that is easily broken uh, broken up by the body so it can become fuel really really quickly and we'll get into like the different kinds of carbs and how they're broken up and obviously all of that kind of stuff but carbs are not bad inherently no it's about how you use them yeah and again they are the primary source of fuel for the body and for the brain so if you want a good workout if you want to have energy and focus and clarity throughout your day carbs are what your body is primarily drawing on here right and we don't like to use the words good and bad when it comes to food so we'll use the words healthy and not so healthy if you have a you know if you have a quote-unquote not so healthy carb it does not make you a bad person and i know that there's a lot of you know morality and shame that people have attached to food so we're going to avoid using those words good and bad and we hope that you do as well but we will go over healthy and not so healthy carbs here guys none of this is rocket science none of this is new information i think we all kind of know what the deal is when it comes to not so good carbs versus healthy carbs for you so some healthy carbs here we're looking at vegetables what we're looking at whole grains what we're looking at quinoa oh, some no. beans some rice you know what even some potatoes you blowing my mind you are allowed to have starchy carbohydrates you guys you are the issue is most americans people in general but you know we're in america we're gonna we're gonna focus on americans here we just tend to eat way too much right like we just put like a whole heaping pile of rice and potatoes and pasta and we're like this is one serving but when you really like break it down it's probably like six servings of what you you actually need for the and everybody's different you know brandon needs more food than i do this is not to say you should only stick with the serving size and if you're starving well then suck it up no none of that at all you should eat how you're if you're hungry you should eat how your body needs to eat but the typical american diet is heavy 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 on the carbs and on those portion sizes here but all of those carbs i just mentioned above are healthy and good for you and you can absolutely include them in your diet to maintain to lose weight to gain weight whatever your goal is 
all of those healthy carbs can be a part of your diet plan. Exactly. It just it becomes a problem because we have so many unhealthy carbs that are kind of in our food systems or around, um, you know, like we, we were talking about donuts earlier. Donuts are unhealthy carbs, obviously. You know, cakes, um, cakes cookies. cookies, sugary foods like sugar is a carb, right? So like these are things that are not healthy for us because they are refined and they're they they provide a lot more caloric energy than your body probably needs. And then when you add on to that, like potatoes and all the other stuff, then we're getting into, uh, uh, we're, we're calorically rich, right? You know, like we just have too many calories and we cannot burn them off. So these unhealthy carbs just really have a lot of energy to them that we, uh, that end up uh, being stored. Being stored and we're not able to burn them off. So I would just say like, look at the healthy carbs, make sure you're getting a lot of those throughout the day. And then, you know, take a look at the unhealthy carbs that you might be consuming and just sort of balance those things out. Right, and this this is not to say that you can't ever have cakes and cookies and sugar. Like we totally, you guys, full disclosure here, we totally do. Yesterday I had some wine and then I had some chocolate and then I had some Tate's chocolate chip cookies, which are the bee's knees, you guys. They and are And you had some potato chips. And I had some potato so you chips. Were really, okay, whatever. You were really carbo loading. I was. And you know what? I don't care. It's totally fine. It was one day of my whole week and I enjoyed myself. So this is not to say that you can never have these foods. It's just to know that they obviously potato chips should not be a primary staple of your diet. I think that's a no-brainer. I don't think any of us are surprised by this information, right? So don't make this overly complicated. Include the healthy carbs into your diet. Minimize anything that is overly processed and refined and all of that. But it's not that you can never have these foods, right? Just know you just control your portion sizes, moderation. And if you know that you are allowed to have something, you're less likely to go absolutely crazy and binge on it and, you know, eat a thousand extra calories because you know that you have a flexible diet plan that allows you to have these things. So you're less likely to, you know, go through these massive swings and fluctuations when your body knows that you that you can have it, right? Right. So getting a little bit more sciencey here. Yes. Well, let's talk about fast and slow carbs, right? And I think that this sort of plays into healthy and unhealthy. Um, if you check out the blog, we're, you know, we, we're using like um, glycemic, glycemic index, index with right? With GI. But for, for, for the talk right now, we'll just basically use fast and slow just so that you can, you know, wrap your mind around it. So for example, something that is high on the glycemic index, meaning it is fast, it's like a fast carb, would be like white bread, white rice, um, you know, pasta, bagels, these things. Muffins, cereal. Muffins, cereal, those donuts that we were talking about before, right? Basically what that means is that these things are fast carbs, the body, will readily absorb these things and run through them. Um, and then they will, the, the excesses and all of that will then get turned into fat pretty quickly and kind of stay on your body if you're not able to burn them off. Well, so basically, yes, when you eat a fast carb, it causes an immediate spike in your blood, sh- uh, blood sugar levels, okay? So basically, this quick spike, if you're just chilling, is not great, right? There's a quick spike and it doesn't keep you full for very long. However, if you are about to do a workout, 
that quick spike in blood sugar levels can be exactly what your body can use as fuel to get a really solid workout in. Same after a workout when your body is absorbing and taking in and replenishing all of the stores of sugar that it went through in its workout, right? So you can utilize these fast or high glycemic carbs before or after a workout and make them work for you. That's a great way to include some of these, you know, quote unquote, not so healthy carbs into your diet. If I'm going to have like a donut, great. I'm going to enjoy that donut, every single bite of it. And then I'm going to utilize it. Not because, not because I feel like guilty. Like I have to burn it off. I don't, you don't have, you don't, there's no guilt on it. You don't sound like I'm so bad. I have to go burn this off now. But instead I'm thinking food is my fuel. I'm going to like if I have this donut, I'm gonna put this to use and get like a killer workout in where I can have a little bit more intensity, a little bit more fire, because I have that quick fuel in the body, right? Now these slow carbs or low GI carbs are carbs that release blood sugar, they, they release slower into the body, so they don't cause that quick spike, which is great if you're just hanging out, right? These are foods like oatmeal, whole wheat, barley, quinoa, beans, peas, lentils, things like that, those healthy carbs, those are the ones you want to eat throughout the day because they don't cause that quick spike in blood sugar levels like the fast carbs do, right? So you can time these things out in your day and make them work for you, put them to use. Yeah, you know, so like slow carbs are like a, a uh, long-term relationship, you know, whereas like fast carbs, you know, this this is your one night stand sort of situation. What are you talking about a one night stand? Do you mean this is, huh? this is this is what this is what would be uh-huh. if you were single uh-huh. or are single uh-huh. or whatever it is, would be like a one night stand sort of situation. You know what I mean? Which which is which is fine, but it's fine for a night, you know? What right. we want is we want to consume something that's more fulfilling, that lasts a longer time, that you can have a longer conversation with. So think of those slow carbs as that, right? Something that is going to last you throughout the day, stand the test of time. Make up most of the of the meat and potatoes of your of your diet, of your life. Kind it, of thing. It, exactly. Whereas the, the fast carbs, that is just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's good for a moment. And, you know, you, they, they those carbs may not be there in the morning. True. Do you know what I mean? So just treat treat them like that. So yes. these these fast carbs, you know, they they have their time, they have their place, but it's not it's not sustainable for for a long life of, of happiness. Yes. So if you are interested in you know fast carbs, slow carbs, also ones in the middle that don't that you know don't fall hard into either category, check out the blog. We'll put it in the podcast show notes as well. There's a whole little chart there you can look at if you are interested in kind of timing these things out and making it work to your advantage but don't make it overly complicated all right keep it simple carbs should make up about 45 to 65 percent of your diet so if you get you know roughly 2,000 calories a day you're looking at about 200 to 300 grams of carbs a day eat the fast carbs before or after a workout and the slow carbs throughout the day that's the ticket yeah just use them like if you need a quick boost of energy for sure you mean something a little sugary might feel good in the moment or all that kind of stuff but then let's make sure that we're, we're also planning ahead, planning for our futures here right. and having some of those slow carbs thrown in to keep us, keep us, keep us satisfied. There you go. Next up, the second most demonized macronutrient is fat. For a long time, the logic went, if you don't want to be fat, then you shouldn't eat fat, right? Turns out that is wrong and that is not how it works at all. Your body can turn things into fat. 
Yes. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Your body can turn anything, carbs, protein, or fat. It will be turned into fat. Remember how we said that a carb is a unit of energy? If you're just going by the basic like science of it, energy cannot be created or destroyed, right? So if a carb is a unit of energy and you eat that energy and you don't use it in your day, whether it's through just like your regular living or through a workout, whatever, if you don't burn off that energy, it's not destroyed. It is stored as fat in the body. And that's true whether that calorie comes from fat, carbs, or protein, right? But fat is a necessary part of your diet. It's good for your heart. It's good for your muscles. It really helps the overall functioning of your body, especially when it comes to your nerves. It really, it coats the nerves and allows your brain and your body to communicate well. It helps regulate hormones and cell growth, all these kinds of things. It is absolutely essential for the body and various types of fat should be included in your diet. We're going to hit a few of these fats right now. First up is monosaturated fat. Monounsaturated. Monounsaturated. <laughs> so sorry. Monounsaturated. Did not yes. see that on there. Um, monounsaturated fat. So um, this is the kind of fat that like lowers your uh, bad cholesterol, raises your good cholesterol. Um, and you can get this from like avocados, nuts, olive oil, those kinds of things things right and you do want to include these in your diet but you also want to watch out and make sure like for anything watch the portion size yes right make sure that you're not consuming too many of these because uh fat is calorically dense yeah if you're like me and you like love like peanut butter and stuff you know you know what i'm talking about here like that one table or two tablespoons whatever it's like 200 calories it's like absolutely absurd and insane how calorically dense these foods are they're good for you right they're good for you your body needs them they also will fill you up and keep you feeling good but you know if you know that you really like peanut butter or some kind of nuts or whatever you can't just sit there scooping out of the jar not to say i've never done it i've sat there and just eaten spoonfuls of peanut butter i've seen it brandon's seen it there might have been a time when I was younger in my early 20s and went out dancing and didn't have any snacks in the house when I drunkenly came back and ate an entire jar of peanut butter and woke up incredibly dehydrated with an empty jar of peanut butter next to me. So I feel you if you're on the peanut butter train. Just be mindful in your normal day-to-day -day life of how much you're eating because if you are watching your fat intake or watching your calorie intake, these things can really add up, but they should be included in your diet. Yeah, just know that they're calorically dense and just watch, just watch, like any one of these things, just watch out for the portions, yes. right? Like don't throw them out completely because like we said, they help lower uh, uh, lower cholesterol. Your bad cholesterol. Bad cholesterol, raise, raise good, good cholesterol, all that kind of stuff. So you yes. do need these things, just watch out for them. Yes, next up we have poly unsaturated fat, which also helps to lower your bad cholesterol. It also contains the omega-3 and omega-6s. These are fatty acids that your body really needs that have been processed out of a lot of our food. And the thing about these are they cannot be produced in the body. Your body can produce some things. Your body cannot produce these omega-3s and 6s in the body. So we have to get them from our diet. So we're talking salmon, fish oils, sunflower oil, and some seeds. But basically salmon and some fish oil, salmon and fish is a big one on this, okay? So again, focus on getting these polyunsaturated fats and those essential fatty acids that your body cannot produce and does need. Yes, so I mean like basically with those, 
like just throw with these things like throw these things into your diet right like you can consume your fat from a lot of different places right and same with the carbs you can consume your carbs from a lot of different places mix just it from, up mix it up don't just get it from one place do you know I mean yes you know I mean? We, we're, we're out here experiencing the world experience it all don't just yeah. limit yourself to one go. kind of food or one kind of fat or one kind of carbohydrate let's get it all and you know okay. how they say they say like eat the rainbow when it comes to vegetables like eat all the different colors that's how you're going to get all the different kinds of nutrients same goes with like types of fat or types of carbs right like eat all of it i'm i'm kind of bad at this like i'm a little bit lazy and i don't like to cook and so i know like like my perfect meal day that I get all my right macros and all my right cal and like I, I know so I tend to fall into the habit of eating the same thing all the time but that also means I'm missing out on some of these other nutrients so mix these things up right like have fun with it and that's gonna be an also a way to keep it more sustainable so you're not just getting bored of eating like the same shit all the time exactly all right next up is saturated fat and like this is one that's really misunderstood especially in the fat game um and saturated fat is usually people associate it with like heart disease and weight gain and all that kind of stuff but like studies actually show that diets and high saturated fat are not linked to obesity and heart disease not necessarily right yeah. not necessarily obviously it's all about how much you're consuming how like and, and all of that right are you but saying one that, that the key is moderation the key is moderation the key is spice oh. of life right is variety is the spice of life have a little bit of everything we're americans right why limit ourselves to only one kind of food that's not what we roll, roll eating every food every single food. roll in the deep of the food you With guys the foods, okay so um saturated fats come from red meat dairy eggs and butter yes and these are things that for a while people would say like cut it out completely like don't have butter don't have red meat don't have these things number one for a lot of people it's not really realistic people want to enjoy these things and number two you don't necessarily have to right these things can be linked to heart disease and obesity and things like that if they're out of control and you know portion control and sizes and if you're eating not not so well overall but you can absolutely factor these things into your diet and your body actually does need parts of what these things offer all right so unless you're a vegetarian there's really no reason to not include these saturated fats into your diet the only type of fat you do want to avoid as much as possible are the trans evil fat these are evil know, fat no, we're not, we're not attaching morality to, morality to food. But, you know, yes, these fats are not good for you. These are the trans fats, okay? These are the potato chips, the french fries, the fried foods, things like that. For the most part, trans fats are completely man-made and chemically processed. These come about as a result of over-processing our food to give them a longer shelf life. So, you know, we're not saying that you can never eat this stuff. We're just saying that, again, common sense, it's gonna make up a major part of your diet right yes that long shelf life will live on your body yes. um so just you know in, in in moderation everything in moderation we know these things taste good but like if you're filling up on other things it, it's obviously a little bit better than filling up on trans fats yes so keep it simple about 25 to 30 percent of your calories uh should come from fat on average that's about 44 to 77 grams per day if you're eating a 2000 calorie diet all right here we go. Next up, we have protein, the most popular macronutrient. Yeah, so protein, you know, this this is this is what builds muscle, you know, bone, skin, teeth, hair. It's not just about the muscle of protein, guys. It's really it's good for a lot of lots stuff. Lots of lots of stuff here. The building blocks 
of a bunch of different parts of your body, right? Yes. So proteins are made up of amino acids, which help the body create hormones, regulate blood pressure, blood sugar, and are responsible for your metabolic rates and growth. Muscle all growth, yes. That. Muscle growth is really where, you know, protein is known for, but it's good for so many other things. And of all these amino acids that proteins are made up of, there are nine of which you can only get through your diet. Again, your body can produce some stuff. It can't produce everything. So there are nine essential amino acids that you can only get through the diet. Now, a complete protein is a protein that contains some trace of all nine of these amino acids. An incomplete protein is one that does not contain all nine essential amino acids that the body cannot make on its own. So complete proteins, I'm so sorry, vegetarians and vegans, a complete protein is only found in animal products like fish, eggs, poultry, red meat, Greek yogurt, cheese, and whey protein powder. All right, if you're a vegetarian, it is harder but not impossible to get complete proteins. You just got to do some food combinations. So rice and beans together is a source of complete protein. So is pita and hummus or a peanut butter sandwich. Okay, so there are ways to combine foods and still get complete proteins that contain all nine essential amino acids. You can also get supplemental protein from tofu, seitan, seitan. Satan. Not All right. So you also get protein from Satan. Um, beans and chickpeas, lentils, pea or plant-based protein. Yes. Now the idea that too much protein can cause kidney problems has become popularized over the years. But for most people, that's not a concern unless you already have kidney issues. Okay. One study even tested up to 400 grams of protein per day, which is like over four times the amount that most people need with no negative consequences shown really. Okay. So protein is absolutely vital for burning calories, building muscle mass and feeling and looking your best. And this should, you should use, uh, this should be about 35% of your diet as far as the calories come from, right? Yes. Make, this should be 35% should come from proteins. All right. So just honestly, with all of this stuff, just make sure that you're getting a variety yes. of these foods. Yes. So as a general rule, I know a lot of people, including myself, have had questions over, over time about exactly how much protein they need to build muscle to whatever. So simple rule here. Okay. It's a little math. It's okay. Stick with it. So the average rule is 0.36 grams of protein per pound of body weight. I know we have some people listening in like Mexico and Canada. It would be 0.8 grams per kilogram. So for myself, for example, I am 135 pounds. All right. 135 pounds times 0.36. At minimum, I need about 48 grams of protein a day, which honestly, to me, that's like bare, bare minimum, okay? That's really low, just like what your body needs to function. Now, people who are less sedentary and more active can scale up to 0.5 to 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So doing that, 0.8 times my 135, I get to about 108. And that is what I aim for on about a daily basis, is a higher range since I am a more active person. So again, follow that math for yourself that you can also check it out in the blog and see about how many, what's, what's your, what's your protein range, right? What's that range you can fall into and make sure, you know, you're relatively, these don't have to be crazy numbers that you go crazy trying to hit, but it, again, it's just information for you to have and anywhere you fall on that spectrum or that range is going to be good. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, you know, follow that. And for those of you who don't like counting, 
those calories and doing all that kind of stuff like just you have to listen to your body and sort of figure it out right like kind of go by feeling but a lot of that is going to mean trying out different foods i feel like a lot of times with people you get stuck in the foods that you were like brought up eating mm -hmm. right and so you're like you know we, we have some family members and people who are like oh no i don't eat vegetables you know or like i don't like fish because they didn't like fish when they were like 10. you know you yeah. have to start playing around with your food and start consuming different things so next time you're in the grocery store the next time that you're ordering food or you're doing any of that kind of stuff get something different than you might usually get start to play around with your food a little bit yes. start to find your palate because all of these different uh, uh you know whether it's carbohydrates or fats or or protein all of these things are really, really important for our growth and for your health. Yes, so just wrapping it all up here, at the end of the day, your body does need all three major macronutrients to function well, not only in the gym, but just in life, right? So focus on getting some of it all. As Brandon said, mix it up. And remember, if you're trying to lose weight, if that is your goal, it doesn't matter where the calories come from, right? Calorie no. deficit is the key. However, for health purposes, it does matter where your calories come from. So make sure you're not cutting out carbs, guys. Like, if, if, if keto works for you, then fine, do what works for you. But we really encourage you, get a little bit of everything. Enjoy your carbs, enjoy your fats, enjoy your proteins. And remember that health-wise, you really do need it all. Yes, be an American about it and have it all. Yes. Just in moderation, though. Yeah. In moderation. There we go. So we're going to go into a bit of a Q&A here and answer some questions we got off Instagram. Question numero uno. First up, this is from Emily. She says, not so much a question, but you can can you talk about how it takes a few days for your taste buds to reset? So, for example, if you cut out sugar for a few days, you stop craving sugar and start craving healthy things. Yeah, basically, that Emily said it all right there. There is... Basically, what you fall into, the habits you do, are the things that you want to keep recreating, right? This is true whether it's nutrition and sugar or just life in general. An object in motion stays in motion, right? So if you're just on the sugar-eating train, your body gets used to that and expects that and starts to crave that. If you take a few days to a few weeks to break that cycle, it is challenging in that time to do that. But eventually, you can train yourself and train your taste buds to want and to crave different things. And that's not to say that you never again crave sugar or want sugar. It's just to say that that like overwhelming, like this reliance on it starts to fade away and you can give it to yourself in a way where you can actually enjoy it rather than just defaulting to it throughout the day and like not even really enjoying it. Like, you know, when something's just a habit, you're just eating and drinking just mindlessly because it's just kind of the habit that you fall into. You're not even really enjoying it. So if you can retrain your taste buds, take even a week and cut out if you're like relying on sugar too much cut out the cakes cut out the candy cut out that kind of stuff it's going to be challenging but your taste buds will reset and then when you do allow yourself to enjoy these foods you can actually enjoy them rather than just being dependent on them exactly let let, let the sugars miss you you know play a little coy <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, don't just let them have, you mean, take a moment to respond to the text or to the urge. You know what I mean, like, don't just let it, let it just take you. Be, be, be a little bit withholding. You know what I mean? Take there a moment go. and then get back to it so that it enjoys you. There you go. You know I mean, let your sugars enjoy you, not the other way around. There you right? Go. You're choosing them. 
not them choosing you. Yeah. Nothing should like have, you know, control over you in that way. And that's true of, that's true of good and bad things. You don't want to have, you know, working out too much control you. You don't want to have sugars control you. You don't want to have alcohol control you, right? Make this, you want to be in control of your body, of your mind, and of your life, right? So question number two here, Isolde said, how can you heal your gut without cutting out carbs and losing weight still? So carbs are not bad for your gut. Your no. gut, your microbiome needs carbs. Mainly what you want to focus on here is fermented foods, kimchi, kombuchas, kombucha, sauerkraut. All of these fermented foods are really, really good for gut health. So are pre and probiotics. Okay, so we're talking like yogurt, things like that here. Drinking a lot of water, sleeping. These are the unsexy things, right? But these are the things that can heal your gut health and improve your digestion overall. Yep. Next, final question from Miguel here. He says, is fasting good? So, you know, fasting can be good. It depends on what works for you. It's something that you sort of have to play around with. Now, being hungry, I mean, I feel like people often sort of mix like fasting and being hungry just because we don't really live in like a food a world where food is not abundantly uh, available, you know? So you kind of just have to note that difference and play it, let it play in your life. Fasting isn't necessarily a bad thing. It is not, uh, it can be good just to ha let your body be in that calorie deficit to feel that um, it can be good mentally as well to sort of me mentally break the, the connection between food and, 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 and the body in that way, right? Like not, not necessarily be reliant, being reliant on it, allowing yourself to feel that hunger. It's something that you need to play around with for yourself, but it, it's obviously can be good for calorie deficit. As long as you don't like go to one extreme and then the other, yeah. you don't want to be like fasting and then immediately have like a full on feast right afterwards yeah so it's really about what works for you right we wrote a whole article actually and did a whole blog or a podcast on intermittent fasting feel free to check that out you can fast and give your body a few hours and reset without being in calorie deficit okay so it's really i often like to use intermittent fasting for myself i feel like i have better digestion i feel like i have good energy but i do not live in calorie deficit i eat to maintain my weight so i'm i'm eating the same as i'm burning right so you can fast and give your body a reset and still be getting enough calories for your day now this all being said fasting is not a cure-all okay if you do people sometimes will do intermittent fasting thinking that that's what's going to help them lose weight it might if you're in calorie deficit and it might not if you're like me and you are still eating the same as you're burning okay so it is not a cure-all um, if it's hard to do, if you don't enjoy it, if you feel like you don't have energy, if your workouts are suffering because doing workouts on an empty stomach, this means you have less energy, you can go less intense in your workouts, then maybe it's not for you. Maybe you want to play with the time frame. Some people fast for 16 hours and eat for eight. Some people do 12 and 12. There's no one size fits all, right? So play with it for yourself. It can be good, it can be beneficial, but it's not necessary for health and it's not necessary for weight loss either. Yeah, and if you gotta just know yourself, like if you know that you have issues with food as far as like, you know, just not eating enough in general to begin with, then maybe don't play around with fasting. Yeah. You know, like you just sort of have to know, I think fasting more so than it being physical, it's a lot of it is mental and like what is that mentally going to do to you if you if you feel like fasting is kind of going to break um 
or, or, or show that you have a level of strength with food or something like that, I, I, then you do it, you know? Like if you feel like it's gonna, you're doing it to make a statement and make a point to yourself that like you can not give into that hungry sort of feeling, then great, have a moment, try it out, prove something to yourself there. But you just need to know if it's gonna be beneficial for you or if it's not gonna be beneficial for you. Yeah, and I, I think that when it comes to like proving things, like your body's hungry for a reason, right? So like, I don't, we, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where your body sends you signals that we should listen to. Fasting can be good and can be helpful, um, but don't use it as like a control thing, right? I, oftentimes disordered eating comes from this idea of like, I need to have control over something, so I'll have control over this. We don't want to play with that, right? So if you find that you're using fasting as a sense of control in your life, I would recommend to not do it and to probably talk to somebody that can help you work through some of the other issues that are going on that you feel like you can't control, right? So if it's something that gives you more energy, that makes you feel good, that resets the body and you can do so healthfully and still getting enough calories that you need for your day, then go for it. If it takes you into dangerous territory, uh, then don't. It's not necessary for your health. Yeah, so, you, you got to know yourself. Yep. Know thyself before yep. you fast. All right, guys, thank you for listening in. We will be doing another podcast this week as well. Stay tuned for it. Follow us on Instagram. Let us know what questions you have, and we will see you guys here next time. All right. Later. Peace.